0: I'm thankful for, for each of you. This morning, uh, we're talk about joy and how we should be rejoicing. Sometimes I think we get bogged down. And I think when we should be celebrating, you know, sometimes we get caught up into um, some of the things of the world that distracts us. Um, and sometimes even when we pray, We're looking for answers that we want to hear. And words that we want to hear. And, and sometimes we fail to listen to the guidance that, 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 that's offered us. But um, again, when we pray, man, there's so much to be thankful for. First Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 says, Rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for you in christ jesus man those are some awesome words and that's not even the scripture that i'm going to preach this morning i just really i think sometimes we forget to rejoice sometimes we forget to celebrate uh, many things This morning we're going to talk about Mary and her reaction to being called to be the mother of Christ and how she accepted that calling. I'm going to start, I'm going to read from Luke 1, I'm going to read verses 46 through 55. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud into the... In the thoughts of their hearts, he brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for all your many blessings, Lord. Thank you for, uh, again, just allowing us to be here to worship you. Lord, I pray that uh, as we study your word, that each person here, each person who may be listening at home, Lord, they receive the message that you have for them, Lord. Lord, hide me behind your cross and let the words that each person here be the words that come straight from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Who is Mary? Who is Mary? It's easy to answer. Mary's uh, the mother of Jesus, right? But why did God choose her? Why did God choose her to be the mother of His Son? In the seventh chapter of Isaiah, her story is foretold. But who is Mary, and what can we learn from her? You see, I think to find the answers to this question, we need to look no further than her own words. She gives us the evidence we need. And as we study her words, we're going to find that she is a wonderful and obedient servant who is fully human, And she's fully in love with God. See, there's three parts of this scripture, this Song of Mary that we must consider when we're trying to answer these questions. The first one is God's grace towards her. And then God's reversal of the ways of the views of the world. In other words, God's ways are not the world's ways. And then third, God remembers and is faithful to His chosen servants. You see, God loves and appreciates the humble servant. In verses 46 through 49, Mary tells us what God has done for her. However, however, instead of drawing attention to herself, she puts the attention and the focus solely on the character of God. She looks at his honor, and she's ready to be his humble servant. See, Mary praises God by pointing out five remarkable characteristics of His person, of His power. She, she talks about God's greatness. She talks about God's kindness. She talks about God's goodness. She talks about God's awesomeness. And she talks about God's holiness. You see, we... See God's greatness in verse 46. It literally says, Mary says, to magnify. She magnifies God. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You see, emphasis here falls on her magnifying God. To her, God was the huge, was so large that it can't be explained. Everything that was good in her came from her Lord and Savior. Again, she was small, he was large. She magnified him. She magnified his characteristics. She drew no attention to herself. She makes the Lord great in her soul because he's her Savior. Then verse 48, we see God's kindness. She talks about God's kindness. She explains that God is great, but he's also kind. She explains, for he has looked on her with favor. His lowly servant he's looked at her on her with favor you see God owes her nothing she owes him everything you see he used her because she was willing it's who he chose and she was willing to fulfill that calling Again, God owes her nothing, but she owes him everything. Man, wouldn't it be great if we took our service on like that? Sometimes I think we think, especially uh, this time, we think that people owe us things, and and, and God owes us, and this, we deserve this, we deserve this. Thank God we don't get what we deserve. Again, God does not owe us anything. But through his grace, we have everything. Matter of fact, I'm not a math teacher, but... uh, if you really looked at it, if, um, if you look at, if we had everything in the world but we didn't have God, we'd have nothing. So Stacy plus everything equals nothing. But if I have nothing but I have God, Stacy plus God equals everything. Everything I need, when I rely on Him, when I look at what He's called me to do, and I'm obedient, I have everything I need. He's supplied me my every need. That's the way Mary looked at it. And I pray that's the way I look at it too. Sometimes I don't. Again, sometimes I can be really selfish. And I try to draw attention towards me instead of lifting God up. Instead of magnifying God. But again, we are called to be His servant. And to lift Him up and to magnify His goodness, His greatness. You see, verse 49, Mary explains that our God is a God who does the great and powerful. Mary had experienced an up-close and personal relationship with God. When God talked to her, she knew who she was listening to. She had no doubt. Her faith was solely on her Lord and Savior. She had no doubt that in her womb, the Holy Spirit had conceived in her the seed of Abraham, the line of the tribe of Judah, the prophet greater than Moses, the son of David, the virgin-born Messiah, the suffering servant, and only an awesome God can do that. Only an awesome, caring God can do it. But she was obedient enough, her faith was in God and God alone, that she recognized what she was called to do. You see, we see God, or we should see God in His holiness. The great, kind, and good, awesome God. See, God has many names. One of the names means holy. You see, this describes His character, His essence. He is the unique one, the separate one, the morally perfect one. He's the righteous and just one. You see, only God deserves, only God is worthy of our worship. Only God is worthy of of our service. See, God looks at things different than the world does. He reverses the world's standards. In verses 50 to 53, Mary turns to rejoice. She rejoices in how good God is. Again, even though she knew she was going to be looked down upon by people, she put her faith in God, so she was ready to rejoice. She was ready to recognize that joy that was in her heart. And she was humble. You see, God honors the humble. He looks on the heart, not the outward appearance. His mercy and compassion flow through people who love him. You see, this mercy is never-ending. It lasts forever. It goes from generation to generation. And through eternity, God's mercy has no limitation. It has no restriction. It's not limited by time. It's not limited by space. So no matter where you are, what time it is, or what it says on the calendar, God's grace is always with us. Forever. Proverbs 3.34, James 4.6, and Peter, 1 Peter 5.5 all remind us, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. John 4.10 adds, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. You see, God helps the helpless. He helps the helpless. He helps the ones who are most in need. Verses 51 through 55 are best viewed as prophetic. You see, it should note that everything stated in there is in past tense. Mary is looking both backward and forward at the same time. She's looking at at the prophecies and she's looking at what it means to be carrying uh, the Son of God and what a Savior He's destined to be. You see, God has a way of taking care of people who are in need, but people who are also humble, people who show humility. People are not, power-driven, but people who are love-driven. You see, God puts down the mighty from their thrones, and he exalts the lowly. He lifts up the people that need to be lifted up. You see, he takes down Saul and raises up David. He takes down Nebuchadnezzar and raises up Daniel. He takes down Alexander, Herod, Nero, Napoleon, and Hitler, and Stalin, and Lennon, and Hussein, and he raises up Peter, Paul, and John, and a Whitfield, and a Wesley, and a Graham, and a Clark, and a Bogan, and each one of you. That's who God lifts up. That's who he lifts up. You see, he remembers his chosen servants also. You see, he's a covenant-keeping God. You see, Mary understands this better than anybody. She knows the faithfulness of God. That's where trust is. That's where hope is. She knows his true and precious truth. Again, God remembers his chosen servants. God will always help his people. Verse 54 assures us of this, that God has helped his people, his servant Israel, through her history. But like now in sending his servant, his son, he did the same. Again, he helps us even when we don't deserve it. He cares for us when we don't deserve it. Again, thank God he don't give me what I deserve. He gives to me out of his love and his compassion. Nothing I can do on myself. It's the characteristics of God that I have to rely on, not my own. You see, God always keeps his promises. He keeps his word. And that word lasts forever. His word is forever. It's for eternity. God spoke to the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He gave them his word. His word to their descendants is forever. You see, what God says, God does. What he promises, you can count on. There's a lot of things in this world we can't count on, but when God promises something, we're staying faithful to him. We can count on that. We can count on being delivered. Kind of weird that I said the first of the message that we want going to talk about uh, characteristics of Mary. Did y'all remember that? Spent very little time doing that except for her humility. The rest of the time I focused on the characteristics of God. Because that's what Mary's words say to do. Again, she showed humility. She showed obedience. And then she magnified God. That's why the rest of her words are all about the characteristics of God, not about her, the attributes of God. You see, this is also the way we should be. This is the way we should live our lives. As we look at the words of Mary's song, we realize that she knew it wasn't about her, she chooses her words carefully. Not to bring attention to herself, but to glorify him. It's what this whole scripture is about. See, she's a great example of a loving, obedient servant. You see, God's still using people for his glory today, he's still using people today to lift his name up, to show his grace and love to people who are in despair. tell you, sometimes we do think that it's all about us. But you don't have to go very far from here to see people living in despair. I know I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. But sometimes we forget. And we think that it's about us. When we need to be taking His Word, the Word of God, the hope, the grace, the love of God to everybody around us. Again, I've said this several times. Uh, Sometimes I'll tell stories and I'll try to be funny, and sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Uh, Y'all laugh anyway because you're kind. Uh, But sometimes, you know, I've got to remind myself it's not about Stace, it's about grace. And I know you've heard me say that before. We need to be lifting him up. We need to be caring for each other because that's what he wants us to do. We need to be taking his word to a hurting world, to a world that desperately needs it. And that's the people we agree with, people we disagree with. We're supposed to love everybody. Again, there's some hurting people. We're the vessels who are supposed to carry the message to those folks. Again, I've got to end with a question. I wasn't going to, but I have to. And only you can answer this, but are you willing, are we willing, are you willing, am I willing, to serve Him and glorify His name in all that we do? See, Mary's joy, Mary's life is a song of love and obedience. And I pray that's the prayer I have for each of us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for being a God who, who keeps his promises. Lord, for being our God, that even when we're disobedient, Lord, you love us, you show us that grace. Lord, and you can use us. When you call us to do something, Lord, you equip us in everything we need. And we rely on you, Lord. Thank you for doing that for us. Lord, I just pray for, uh, for everyone here, everyone who may be listening. Lord, I pray for, uh, for them to be able to see the hope that's available only through you. Again, Lord, just thank you so much for this church in this community, in Jesus' name, amen.